We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 184. I'm Rando. And I'm Shara. And this is our Labor Day 2021 episode. 184. We've done 184 Holy of these things. Cow. Yes. Well, you probably noticed um, Corey is not here. We kind of talked about that last time. Again. Yeah, well, Labor Day, uh, Silver Dollar City. Yeah, they stayed open late for Labor Day. Fantasy so. football. I mean, there, there's tons of stuff going on now, I think. So I thought, you know, this would be cool. Shara, come over. We'll, we can handle the podcast. We got this. We, we can do it. We have done this before. <laughs> I know nothing about weather, but I am here for moral support. The, and you know what? The podcast is going to be just awesome. Although I don't have a lot of in other news, so we'll, we'll just kind of breeze by that. So you've been at the pool lately? Not a lot. Really? I'm surprised. It's well, been nice I mean, and toasty. There for a while, it seemed like we had some rainy, cool days. Yeah, I had a couple, yeah, a couple last week. We had like one whole week where it was just kind of cool every day. I've went a couple times this week. Okay, so what is your definition of cool? Um, if it's less than 85. That's cool? I'm not, well, it's not cold enough for me to get in the water. Really? Like, it'd be hot outside. Like, I'll go lay out. Oh, okay, but just get in the water. But if you want me to swim, ah. it's got to be hot. It's got to be like 90. And <laughs> there was a couple of times where um, the, sh- the pool is completely shaded by 4.30. Oh, okay. Okay, because it goes, the sun goes behind a building. R- okay, okay. And that means I don't have to sunscreen my kids. <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> because the pool is shaded. Good so point. So if I can make them hold off <laughs> until 4 o'clock. Then they're in the shade, and I don't have to sunscreen everybody up. That's true. But those couple times we did it, it, it got cold. Like, it got breezy. Like, it was hot outside, but yeah. there was a breeze. And if you get wet, and then a breeze blows across you, it's well, see, cold. And, that, and that's the weird thing, too. We, it's been kind of warm, but the wind has been up. Not windy, right. but, I mean, de- there's de- it's definitely not just sitting, yeah. you know. and like Because people think of August, the dog days of summer, you get this big high just pressure. Wet. Yeah, and then nothing is blowing, and you got all this heat now, index and stuff. Friday, Friday, okay. Yes. Friday was beautiful all day, so I thought, yeah. okay, there was a lovely breeze. I'm pretty sure I went and laid out that morning, but it was like I remember I kept having to go get in the water to get wet because it was that hot. I couldn't lay there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I took the kids swimming a little bit later, and it had kind of cooled off, like that wind had picked up, and so we went to. The Branson football game. That was the very first home game of the season. Oh, that's right. That's so right. So we decided to go, and I'm thinking, okay, sun's going down. There's been a cool breeze all day. I'm going to wear jeans. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> didn't didn't cool off quite what you thought, the, huh? It, not only did it not cool off, like, I think the air got thicker and hotter. <laughs> it was so humid. Ugh, like yeah. it was just like a disgusting. It's like my mom always said, it's really heavy outside. Yes, it like, was very Ugh. heavy. 
And there's no uh, air conditioning or vents in the bathrooms. Okay, so in the stadium, oh, no. in the stadium, there's a breeze. It wasn't yeah. bad if you were just sitting in the stadium. But I have two small children that need to go to the bathroom frequently. Right. I'm pretty sure we went in there three times, and I mean, it's like walking into an oven, and you can't breathe. Like, I mean, you're dripping sweat Ugh. just trying. And then the the only way to dry your hands in there is hot air dryers. They don't have. Because football season is usually cold. More hot. Yeah, so, so you get more hot going There's no in paper there. towels. Everybody's oh, running these gosh. hot air dryers. And I was like, no, kids, go, go, go. Leave your hands wet. It'll make you feel better. <laughs> so well, I remember it was just miserable, but it's fine. Well, you know, I'm, it's a good thing I'm not a sports person because I'd be like, mm. Well, normally you go to football, you're freezing. The first game of the season, it's it's like a little nice. It's like. Well, yeah, because I think football. But then it just gets cold. Right. I mean, but isn't like football, like the Super Bowl, isn't that like in January yes. or February? I mean, that's in the end of January. That's a dead so. of winter. I mean, there. And so usually by, like I said, the first game or two is usually okay because it's in September. It's not too hot, not too cold. Yeah. But, you know, by October. You, you know, seven o'clock at night when the game starts, it's chilly. And at one yeah. point, you're freezing. And you know what? It was chilly this morning. It was. <laughs> I said that to Corey. I uh, took him to work at 730 this morning. And I Ooh. stepped outside in my shorts and t-shirt and was like, <laughs> it's a little chilly out here. I had to turn my heated seat on. I got, okay, well, well, let's back up a second. So basically what happened is on Saturday... We had a bunch of rain with an associated cold front kind of come through. Um, it didn't really cool things down. I mean, it was I still just kind made of it muggier. Yeah, it was kind of muggy. I mean, especially when it rains and the sun comes back out. I mean, that's like the ultimate of muggy right there. But we had that. I mean, the, the National Weather Service kept going back and forth. They said, oh, okay, well, you know, we're not going to do a flash flood watch. It could be like a half to a three-quarters inch. And then the next time I look at the forecast, it said, oh, it's going to be one to two inches of rain. going to be heavy rain overnight. And then three hours later, I go, it's like, eh, maybe three-quarters of an inch. Now, was Saturday like, was the day it poured. Yeah, but it didn't pour much. It did where I was at. <laughs> uh, but you were here at your, at your place? Yeah, at the apartment. Like, it was well over an hour that it poured. Really? And then it continued to kind of sprinkle off and on, like little drizzles off yeah, and on yeah, throughout with the, after, the evening. See, that's why I've got to, I've got to coerce Corey to put a weather station or something out at your place. Because, yeah, I'm sure he would love to. Yeah, we talked about that. It's like I said, just, just climb up on the roof. You know, just put it like up yeah, on the roof up there. Yeah, go up four or five floors. So no, but if it's like there's, it's like no. They say no on the roof. I'm, I doubt it. I don't can't see that they would let him crawl on the roof. Oh. But I mean, like there's the office building, that's just a regular one story building. And they don't they know stormed our weather yeah. that we're important. They and totally stuff? use it. I'm sure. Well, if they do, now then the next like, thing is just you know finding somebody to pay the two hundred dollars to buy one. Well, no, just get a rain gauge. I've got a glass one upstairs. We don't have to have a fancy weather. Oh station. well, a rain just, gauge. Put, put a rain gauge up there. That's all I'm looking at. Yeah, he could do that. <laughs> we can put a rain gauge out on our back porch, but. Yeah, well, I mean, because our weather station here at the HQ uh, only recorded basically two-thirds of an inch. I mean, it rained. I mean, the sky opened up. Oh, it did. For a good hour. Because I opened opened the, because I love just the sound of rain. And it, I mean, it got dark. We were actually at the pool. Of course. And we were hearing the thunder. (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. And it was still very bright and sunny and clear over Mm -hmm. us, but off to the north i could see dark clouds yeah and i was looking at radar and enough to see that it was coming towards us yeah and the okay. thunder was okay. getting loud so, okay 
little bit of applause there. Yes. You hit, so you look so, at radar. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay, guys, the thunder's getting closer and closer. We need to go in. But I know that, um, I mean, Labor Day weekend, it was Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, Silver Dollar City was open late. They had um, a little over 10,000 people, I think, is what Corey said. Was that on Sunday or was Saturday? Saturday. Okay. But what, did it rain on Friday or rain on Saturday? Nine. Thousand people left. Oh no! Saturday during oh, no. during that rain Dur- during the rainstorm. Yeah, because it was so long, and the rides if the rides are shut down for more than or ninety minutes, at least ninety minutes. If the rides have to shut down for ninety minutes, then they'll offer you a rain check, and you can come back the next day. That's what happened. So oh, no, like they got down to like a thousand people in the park after all that rain because everybody left with the rain. Everybody, yeah. But then they all came back Sunday with. The bunch of With new people. the new people that oh, were already no. planning on coming Sunday. I want to say he said like fourteen or 15,000. No way. Which is huge. I mean, for Super right Dollar now. City is big. If you've never been here, it's a huge park, but over 10,000 people. There, it's a it's, lot of people there. There's a lot of people. Oh my gosh. And, you know, Corey, you know, does the cave thing or whatever. My, oh my gosh. So Corey was just well, insane. And, okay. So they've had rain, they've had thunder, all those things shut the cave down. Yeah. The light, especially the lightning. Yeah. Then um, the cable train has not been working. They've had no. to turn around and walk Saturday night um, because they thought they were going to get to do a tour. Like after the rain cleared, they thought they were going to get to go back down. So they had a tour ready to go. Okay. And then there was lightning in the area. So they canceled that last tour. Well, they still got to go in and turn all the lights off and get the AEDs and all the things out of the cave. So they, a couple of them, go down there to get all that, turn all the lights off. There's four of them, I think he said. They left one person at the station to, to bring them out by cable train. Okay. So they walked to the cave, got all the stuff out, turned all the lights off. They get on the cable train. It won't work. Oh, no. Like something fell on... The line during the rain, the storm, a tree limb, or something. They, I mean, oh, no. so they had to turn around and walk the whole way back out. <laughs> Which he was glad they didn't have a whole tour. He's oh like, my gosh, had he taken people down everybody. there, everybody oh would have had to turn around and go all. Okay, the now way how back. how far how far is that? I know it's like up, but is it like? I mean, just a guesstimate, like stories. Is it like ten stories? Stories, I don't know. There's seven hundred, eight hundred, something like that steps. Okay. Up and down. Most of them down. Yeah. But, but still, if you have so to So if it. you have to go back out, they're all up. Like my stairwell? I mean, is it, are they steeper? Oh, they're steeper. Oh, they really? They're oh. much steeper. They're like mm. big, wide. Like my, my four-year-old, I have to hold on to him and help him because his legs are not That's quite. That's like 10 to 12 inches. It's oh, like my gosh. Not, his little legs are <sighs> yeah. not big enough to climb them on oh his own. Oh, my God. So. I would not make it. You said you were huffing and puffing. I huffing. I was huffing and puffing. I mean, my kids did okay, but I was huffing and puffing the time, and we hadn't even done half the cave. Oh my god! We turned around and went back out at that. Not even the halfway point. We hadn't even done any of the stairs in the cave yet. We had only done that first initial tower stairs. Uh, yeah. It's it's basically like a fire tower. You know, you've seen the fire, okay. like the big metal fire towers out in the woods. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of steps. Uh, yeah. And they're steep. So initially, you come down that, and then you've got the slopes. Mm-hmm. And there's like ramps. There's like five or six layers of ramps. Okay. And then there's more steps within the cave. Like you go down a ways and down a ways, and then at the end you come all the way back up a bunch of steps to get to the cable train. And weather can just shut that down like that. I mean, kind of. 
kind of. Okay. Um, used to if then if lightning was in the area within twenty miles, uh huh, right. They can't run the cable train, so you have to turn around. They've changed that. Oh, really? Like, literally in the last week. Um, as long as the lightning is not in the immediate area, okay. they will still let you finish your tour and come out on the cable train. Okay, that makes more sense. And especially, see, like if me, because I've gained <clears throat> about seven pounds. Sharon and I were talking Good about grief. that. Grief! Right? I gained that in a one day. That was like a, <laughs> that's a meal. <laughs> well, you know, I can't get out and play disc golf when it's really you know stupid hot outside. But yeah, and I like to bake. So anyway, but yeah. So I mean, I would, I would probably. I want to go when I know everything's going to work and I don't have to, like, walk out. There's no way to know that, though. I know. <laughs> I mean, today the train broke down. And it's perfect weather. It wasn't had anything to do with the weather. It just broke oh, down. Gosh. It's a cable train. It's an old cable train. And it's got all these sensors. And yeah. It just takes they one thing. They probably need to update, update that a little I, bit. You know, I said that. I'm like, <laughs> they've got a lot of money. Surely they could make that a little yeah. more reliable. Yeah, put it in one of those little, you know, Star Trek things where you can just beam people right yeah, down right? there, you know? <laughs> I'm like, there's got to be a way to get people out of that cave that's a lot more reliable. Well, speaking of, like, beautiful weather, I mean, it was. I mean, once that front came through, I mean, yesterday, uh, the the temp- the air temperature didn't really change much. I mean, it was cooler, but today the air temperature got way higher, but the humidity was that's lower. That's what's been so, yeah. That's, yes, and that's why we've had this cool morning. It was very, very foggy this morning, too. It was, yeah, and I, I thought about that. Super foggy. And, we, and we've always said that, uh, if, if you've listened to the podcast a lot, it's, you can tell if it's if it's uh, humid outside by looking at the overnight low, and that's exactly why the National Weather Service does a heat advisory, because even if the air temperature is 90, like, say, 92 degrees and humid, you're up around the hundreds, but at night, it doesn't really fall below 75 degrees. Therefore, your body can't recuperate. But once that cold, the cold, put it in air quotes, cold front comes through, it clears the humidity out. Therefore, it allows the temperature to drop. So today, I didn't check what the high was, but this morning, our weather station recorded 55.6 degrees Fahrenheit around 7 a.m. But as soon as that sun came out, boom, that temperature rose. I think we probably hit 90. I'll, I'll have to check at the weather school. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make me a little note because I, I never do that. I did not go to the pool today. Oh. I feel kind of bad. Yeah, Because it was I Labor would. Day and the kids were home. But yeah. I, I should have taken them, but I didn't. They didn't even ask, though. I think that's the oh, problem. Oh, well, then you're good. If they had asked, <laughs> they didn't ask, I, I probably would have said, yeah, let's go. But <laughs> I I don't know. I did laundry. Yeah. I scrubbed both bathrooms. Oh, I you like, actually did housework? I did. It was oh, weird. Like, I, I get to this point where I'm like, oh, okay, I don't want to look at a dirty house. So I'm with you, I yeah. start scrubbing things, and then that just opens a can, and... Oh, I gotta tell you this. This is this is like weird. Uh, it's totally not weather related. But I was doing laundry yesterday, and I moved some of my towels, and there was this gigantic bug underneath the towels, and I freaked. I screamed like a girl, and I looked at it. <laughs> like and what like, kind of bug? It was like a beetle. I mean, it was literally. Oh. No, it was gigantic, and I was like, okay, what do I do? Because I don't want to smash it because it would make you know, like a pancake. <laughs> we have a lot of those uh we've seen a lot of the water bugs no oh, they're no? like they're like centipedes they're like oh silverfish yeah but they're yeah, yeah they're like giant silverfish yeah like when i was little i remember little silverfish no big deal but these are like huge silverfish i got silverfish and they're in my garage. fast and those oh down, those things are fast they'll go down in the 
in the baseboard. They'll go down between the wall and the baseboard, and then they're gone. Yeah. Until like, they come out again, you're just well. No, but and they, they won't eat your clothes. They do, but you know what? They won't come back out because if I see one going in the baseboard, I've got the spray, and I will go around <laughs> the entire perimeter of my basement or wherever I see it going. Garen came and woke me up the other day <laughs> um, because he went to get his clothes out of the laundry room, and he was like, "Mom, there's like a weird centipede silverfish thing oh. on the wall in the laundry room." Oh. I'm like, well, I doubt it's there still. Like, did you? <laughs> it's not gonna I'm go. Like, why didn't you kill it? He's like, well, I didn't have anything. I'm like, a shoe? Anything? Anything? <laughs> I've been known to kill them with dirty clothes that are in the floor. Whatever's nearby. Pick up the dryer. Just pick up the dryer. <laughs> yeah. So no. I haven't seen it again since then. Oh. Who knows where it's at? But well, yeah. I mean, I saw a silverfish. Uh, uh, you know, a while back, but I've never seen a gigantic beetle. And so the first thing in my head was. At what place did that thing get in? That's that giant. It's giant. You'd be surprised where they can come in. It's well, just like I need mice. to know that I mean, because I need to like prevent that. There but, has been some large bugs this year. It's climate change. I mean, like we have had <laughs> some large bugs at the pool, like these humongous really? house flies, not house flies, oh, horse flies. Yeah, the horse flies. But they're yeah. not even horse flies. They look <laughs> different than horse Like, I oh, really? swear they're bigger. Uh, and like the big old honking locusts and beetles. Oh, and, the cicada things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. We got those random stray cicadas. I mean, they're, they're June bugs. I mean, I know cicadas aren't June bugs, right? Aren't they different? June- oh, yeah, definitely. Totally different. Oh, okay. June yeah. bugs look totally different. Yeah, because the June bugs don't. I know. hate June bugs. Those are one of the creepy bugs I don't do. June bugs. Well, they're blind. They don't know what they're doing. They're like, they, well, and yeah, they just kind of float around. It's the they things, don't know what they're doing. The things that fly slower scare me. I'm with you. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I, I'm with you. Because if it's out there and it's going, blue, it I'm just, like, no. It's, it's like the whole zombie thing. It's got. It's like a wasp that, right. that hovers. <laughs> like just like I can totally outrun it. Why am I terrified? But I am. Yeah, and I, and if I needed to, I could go smack, and I could like hit exactly. it with my. Head. <laughs> okay, okay, back to weather. Anyway, um, I did look, and I this is kind of weird. And I know Corey would have a lot to to talk about on this, but um, we've got. Uh, I mean, temperatures got up today, but we've got another front moving in tomorrow, and the Storm Prediction Center has a marginal risk. For one or two little severe thunderstorms, probably in southeast Kansas and northern Oklahoma. Now, I do think, for some weird reason, I think they're going to expand that. Now, we won't know until the day one comes out, which is uh, 1230 or 1. They're issuing it early for some reason. Uh, normally, it's at 1 a.m. because we're in central uh, you know, daylight saving time. But uh, like last, last night, I think they issued it like at... 1215, which is strange. So we got to watch that. Um, the slight risk is up towards it, to the northeast of that, Wisconsin and around, and that's where the main area of low pressure is with the attendant cold front sweeping down. So I, you know, if I was a betting person, I would say, mm, I think they're going to expand that marginal risk. Uh, it, it's nothing widespread, but with, with the front, you've got a front in the area that's going to boost temperatures and boost the humidity tomorrow. Sorry, it's going to get a little bit more humid tomorrow. But after that front moves through, uh, uh, what's today? Monday? Monday. Monday. So Tuesday, it's going to come through. And then Wednesday, it's going to be cooler, like mid to upper 80s. And then we're going to go right back up. This is just like the thermal roller coaster that's that's happening this week. Uh, And it's, it's to be expected. We're in September now. Have we actually said Happy Labor Day? 
Yes. Okay. Yes, Just making sure. <laughs> but we we haven't said happy meteorological officially fall. Officially meteorological we fall. Are, yes, officially. We talked about it last podcast. <laughs> yeah, September 1st. I just 1st. looked at the addendum here and I'm like, oh. Uh, yeah, but my little my little notes here that uh, I'm surprised you can read my notes because I put them all in code <laughs> so I can tell what they're well, doing. They're typed, so. Well, that's true. But you're a nurse, so I'm you know code. You know code stuff. Uh, yeah, so, okay. Now I, I got to say this before, right before we get to the tropics. Um I looked the other day, the GFS, which is the American model, it has uh, the ability, uh, I put that in quotes, to (laughs) go out 380-some hours, which is about 14 to 16 days. And for a couple of days, it had been pretty consistent toward the end of its run and bringing a powerful cold front in that would kind of shift, you know, bring our, we've called it the master blaster before, that would shift the season. That's what a master blaster is. We haven't had a genuine master blaster in a while. Uh, It would bring the highs down to like 70s and the lows down to like 50s and maybe around 50. Now, in the past, have to kill some bugs and allergies. Oh no, that oh gosh, no, no, that's not till like end of October, <laughs> November. <laughs> that's I need coming the in. ragweed to go away. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I mean, I oh, here, I gotta, I gotta play this. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I there's gotta be something besides ragweed, too. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. it's gotta be high. Oh, uh, pigweed. I know there's all these cool little names. I looked at it because uh, I have literally been fighting a headache all week. Really? From allergy? And it's like the type that's like right on your sinuses and behind your eyeballs. Oh, I hate that. that you just I hate know that. it's something in the air. And... Yeah. I mean, I know ragweed is really high. I know that. But there, there's chinopods. I mean, the Springfield. I See, I, I didn't like every bring Every time up... I walk outdoors, I sneeze. Just oh, yeah. for good measure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just to make sure. Shoot! <laughs> 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 Just to get that out there, uh, yeah. But if but it could change the season. Now the past today, I looked at it and it's kind of backed off a little bit uh, because I mean there are going to be some stronger cold front and stronger systems starting to come in. I mean we're in that time of year now where that's going to happen. Now the the question is how far south is, are those things going to go? Uh, and fourteen days out, you just you know, it's all eye candy. We're not saying anything's going to happen. We, it's just something. I'm not even putting it into the something to watch category because it, it's too far out. I mean, it's it's eye candy. It's in that category. So we're going to watch that. It's funny that you think strong storms are eye candy. Oh, I think strong storms. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, when you get these big temperature drops, it's going to be, you know, from 90s, 90s and 70s, which are actually 60s now, down to like 70s and 50s. That's a pretty dramatic thing. That's fall. I would think that would be more in the October realm. So, nah, probably not. But probably in the next three or four days, GFS is like, no, okay, just kidding. Let's keep the heat. You know, we're going to do that. So, okay, let's get to the next segment. It's tropical. We got some stuff to talk about in the tropics. Uh, Not too much. I mean, Hurricane Larry, we talked about last week. Larry was, we forecasted, not forecast, we told everybody that thing is going to just bomb and just explode. And it did over two or three days. Uh, Larry is a major Category 3 right now. Uh, Winds of 125 miles per hour. It's been kind of fluctuating, go down to 120 I think it's got up to 130 or something, but 125. That's a strong Category 3 hurricane. It is headed toward Bermuda, but it's going to miss Bermuda. It's going to kind of shift a little bit, go a little bit east. Um, 
The bad thing is Bermuda is going to feel some effects of Larry. Uh, so we're going to be watching that. If you have any friends or family on Bermuda, you might want to let them know a hurricane's coming. Do you have any friends in Flamboy? I uh, wish. <laughs> I wish I had some friends in Bermuda. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, I'd love to go visit them sometime. Not now, but. We've got over 25,000 people following us. We could Surely have some somebody people. somebody lives in Bermuda. Somebody lives in Bermuda. <laughs> somebody lives somewhere in the tropics that you could let us come visit you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll watch that. But that's going to turn more towards the north. And we're not seeing it affect land on the U.S. I mean, there's the, the northern territories, uh, northeast territories of of Canada, it could skirt that, but it, it's just going to start curving right and then keep curving right and move into unfavorable conditions. So after it moves past Bermuda, it's going to decrease cooler water, uh, go into a hurricane, and then, uh, you know, after that become a tropical storm and just keep going up that way. So that's the biggie we're, we're talking about. Um, another one is we got a disturbance just west of the Yucatan Peninsula. It's headed north um, into the warmer water of the Gulf, but the problem with this one is it's very disorganized. There's there's not a lot of signals that this one is really going to, you know, develop into anything. The Storm uh, Hurricane Center says the five-day probability of becoming something is only 30%. So you, you have to... The storm has to be organized in order to feed. Just because it moves into open, really rich water does not mean it's going to become a hurricane. It just means if conditions are you know favorable, then it moves into the thing. And that was the same thing that happened to, uh, what was that? Oh, what was the hurricane? It just went through, uh, shoot, the the big one. that it, on, not, not Henri. Not Henri. It's the I one. I, Irene, Ida? Ida, yes, Ida. Thank you. Like you're asking me? <laughs> well, I forgot. I'm, I'm over here rambling. No, yeah, Ida. Yeah, because Ida. <laughs> wait, let me pull up oh, wait, last <laughs> week's agenda. <laughs> Ida. <laughs> yeah, we got we got we got the last week's the outline over on Corey Station. <laughs> yes, Ida. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, because Ida uh, had a perfect. It was it was a perfect storm. It had all the favorable favorable conditions, and then when it moved over the open water. Boom, then it had that bombogenesis going on. This storm that's west of the Yucatan going to move in there, it is really not organized. I don't know if it's sheer. I don't know if it's just, it's just, it. we'll watch it. But if it develops into anything, which we don't think it will, um, it will move over northern Florida. So it's going to move north into the Gulf and then take a right turn do the air currents going to Florida? It's still, like I said, it's it, it, thirty percent chance it might do something in five days. Eh. But regardless, it's going to bring a lot of rain. So uh, rain and thunderstorms. So we'll keep a watch on that. It fortunately won't go over, you know, Louisiana. Poor people in Louisiana. My gosh, not a rain. Seven, still over seven hundred thousand without power. That's just insane they're they're trying they're getting it they're getting power yeah, back on but all it's of not my fast. friends that live in louisiana are up in northern louisiana and oh, they okay. weren't really affected i mean they good really barely got even any rain out of it so oh really thankfully my friends were all safe good and and i know i i watch earth cam a lot and right when uh, that storm was coming through uh they have the the cat's meow down there in bourbon street uh, it went out, of course, uh, but it, it's back up now, and I actually watched a little bit of that. Uh, of course, Earth, EarthCam.com is free. Uh, you can go to Louisiana and look at. I mean, it. Nor, I mean, they probably still don't have a lot of power, but at least there's movement, and the flooding is gone in downtown Nola. All right, so let's uh, go to the Pacific.
the Pacific, there is a disturbance several hundred miles southwest of Manzanillo, Texas. Uh, that is going to become something, and it will be the one after Nora. Nora just went uh, in O. Oh, see, Corey would know. Don't look that. at me. Now, I was going to say uh, O. Oh, I can feel I, your eyeballs on <laughs> me, but I don't have the answer. I, I think it's O. Oh, okay, I'll look over at Corey's area. It's like, Corey. No, okay. <laughs> but it, like in O, oh, I think it's the O name. Probably Ophelia. I don't know. Uh, text team? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, we don't have time. We're doing the podcast. We're having too much fun. So, <laughs> but that is headed towards the west northwest. We'll go out over open water. It. We're almost certain it will, uh, you know, become something. And then there's another little little bitty wave over there southwest of the tip of Baja, and it's it's just an area of thunderstorms. The five day chance of it becoming something is only like ten percent, so it's not really under anything. Uh, of course, the Central Pacific is nothing. Uh, I'm sure next week, hopefully, Corey will be here. He can give us a big. Um, we're going to be getting into the tropic. We're getting into the most favorable time. The second, third, and fourth week of September is the most active time at the tropics. So I'm sure Corey, I'm, we're going to hit Corey with that. Uh, I'll text him and say, look, you're going to have a big tropic section next week. We left on a cruise 2003. Mm-hmm. Like Labor Day weekend, or shortly thereafter. Okay. I mean, like dead middle of you know hurricane season. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but you can get them super cheap at that time. Of course. <laughs> I think we paid like two hundred dollars a person. Oh my gosh! Go on like a four or five day cruise. That's insane. Yeah. But I do remember there being storms out there, and I think we've talked about this before. Out on the ocean, you can see so far. You don't realize how many miles away things are. Oh, yeah. Because there's no land in between you to block your view. And so I remember us going around a few storms. And, I mean, you could just look over there and see the lightning and see the way the dark clouds and the waves are just choppy and crashing. I would freak out. And we're over here in the sun, smooth sailing. And smooth. Oh, you can actually see that from the distance? Because it's so many miles away. But you can see it all just raising. Oh my gosh. I mean, but you're, you're talking like, that'd be like several towns over. Oh gosh. Maybe a hundred miles. Right. Yeah. I mean, because you can see out in the open ocean and the, the ship just goes around it. It's like, oh, there's a storm over here. Well, let's just go this way. Okay, I, I could deal with that. Like, I, I was think. terrified of being out on the water during a storm. Oh, yeah, me too. But they just go around it. Well, it's kind of, kind of like the airplanes do. They see a big right. storm, and they're like, okay, they, we're just going to go around. They've got radar. They've got all this equipment that can see what's going on. Although the last time I went to San Diego, it. they were like, yeah, we got some storms here, and I'm looking, and there's billowing cumulonimbus going on with the airplanes going. <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> go around, go around. <laughs> I know. I I can't do that. Uh, anyway, uh, since it's Labor Day, I thought something fun. We should have something fun for the weather school. It is fire rainbows. Do you know what a fire rainbow is, Shara? I don't. It is. I would have a guess, but no. Well, yeah, rainbow on fire. That's what it is. <laughs> no, I, I mean. Picture something reflecting off of a fire or a fire reflecting a rainbow off of cloud, but no, I don't know. Nope, that's not it. So, <laughs> okay, well, let's get to the weather school and I'll explain exactly what a fire rainbow is. <laughs> if there's something about the weather that you want to know, Stormed Our Weather School. There's a really cool rainbow in that cloud, but there's no rain in sight. What could it be? 
We've talked about parhelions or sun dogs on a previous weather school, but there are other situations where rainbows in clouds can occur outside of rain-producing clouds. To recap, the sun dog is a member of the family of halos, caused by the refraction of sunlight by ice crystals in the atmosphere. They typically appear as a pair of subtly colored patches of light around 22 degrees to the left or the right of the sun, and at the same altitude above the horizon as the sun. They can be seen anywhere in the world during any season, but are not always obvious or bright. Sun dogs are best seen and most conspicuous when the sun is near the horizon. If there are two sun dogs, one on either side of the sun, then that's called a double parhelion. Fire rainbows are neither fire nor rainbows, but are so called because of their brilliant pastel colors and flame-like appearance. Technically, they are known as a circumhorizontal arc, which is an ice halo formed by hexagonal, plate-shaped ice crystals in high-level cirrus clouds. The halo is so large that the arc appears parallel to the horizon, hence the name. Two special circumstances must exist to produce a fire rainbow. One, cirrus clouds must be present. They are the wispy clouds that exist in the high altitudes where the air is very cold. The low temperature up there means the clouds are made up of millions of hexagonal ice crystals. Two, sunlight must pass through the cirrus clouds at a very high angle, greater than 58 degrees to the ground. The rays of sunlight striking the clouds' crystals create an effect like sending a beam of light through a prism, but multiplied by millions. Here's why the fire rainbow happens. Sunlight passes through the vertical face of the ice crystal, but is then bent downward or refracted through the crystal's bottom face toward the ground. Circumhorizontal arcs should not be confused with iridescent clouds, which can produce a similar effect. While circumhorizontal arcs occur only in cirrus clouds, iridescence often occurs in altocumulus, cirrocumulus, and lenticular clouds, but very rarely in cirrus clouds. Iridescent clouds are a diffraction phenomenon caused by small water droplets or small ice crystals individually scattering light. Larger ice crystals do not produce iridescence, but can cause halos. If parts of clouds contain small water droplets or ice crystals of similar size, their cumulative effect is seen as colors. The cloud must be optically thin, so that most rays encounter only a single droplet. Iridescence is therefore mostly seen at cloud edges or in semi-transparent clouds, while newly forming clouds produce the brightest and most colorful iridescence. Circumhorizontal arcs, especially when only fragments can be seen, are sometimes confused with cloud iridescence. This phenomenon also causes clouds to appear multicolored, but it originates from diffraction, 
typically by liquid water droplets or ice crystals, rather than refraction. The two phenomena can be distinguished by several features. Firstly, a circumhorizontal arc always has a fixed location in the sky in relation to the sun or moon, namely below it at an angle of 46 degrees, while iridescence can occur in different positions, often directly around the sun or the moon. Secondly, the color bands in a circumhorizontal arc always run horizontally with the red on top, while in iridescence, they are much more random in sequence and shape, which roughly follows the contours of the cloud that causes it. Finally, the colors of a circumhorizontal arc are pure and spectral, more so than in a rainbow, while the colors in cloud iridescence have a more washed-out, mother-of-pearl appearance. Confusion with other members of the halo family, such as sun dogs, or the circumzenithal arc, may also arise, but these are easily dismissed by their entirely different positions in relation to the sun or moon. More difficult is the distinction between the circumhorizontal arc and the infralateral arc, both of which almost entirely overlap when the sun or the moon is at a high elevation. The difference is that the circumhorizontal arc always runs parallel to the horizon, although pictures typically show it as a curved line due to perspective distortion, whereas the infralateral arc curves upward at its ends. Polar stratospheric clouds, or PSCs, also known as nacreous clouds, from the word nacre, or mother of pearl due to its iridescence, are clouds in the winter polar stratosphere at altitudes of 49,000 to 82,000 feet. They are best observed during civil twilight when the sun is between 1 and 6 degrees below the horizon, as well as in winter and in more northerly latitudes. They are implicated in the formation of ozone holes. Due to their high altitude and the curvature of the surface of the Earth, these clouds will receive sunlight from below the horizon and reflect it back to the ground, shining brightly well before dawn or after dusk. Another interesting phenomenon is the sun pillar. Sun pillars also belong to the family of halos. They form from flat hexagonal plates, which tend to orient themselves more or less horizontally as they fall through the air. Each flake acts like a tiny mirror which reflects light sources which are directly above or below it, and the presence of flakes at a spread of altitudes causes the reflection to be elongated vertically into a column. The larger and more numerous the crystals, the more pronounced this effect becomes. More rarely, column-shaped crystals can cause light pillars as well. In very cold weather, the ice crystals can be suspended near the ground, in which case they are referred to as diamond dust. So, if you look up and see a rainbow in a cloud, then you will now know that it could be several things. A sun dog, an iridescent cloud, a sun pillar, or my favorite, a circumhorizontal arc. 
If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you should know everything about fire rainbows or circumhorizontal arcs or all those really cool rainbowish things in the clouds. So you enjoyed that, didn't you, Cheryl? Totally. Yes. You over there. My battery's very low. Oh, oh, never mind. I got more than I thought. Okay. I'm okay. Good. <laughs> I thought I had like 2%. I'm like, well, Ooh, well I know you need that for your fun facts. I so, do. So I'm good. I got 50%. If not, we're going to have to stop the podcast and then go plug, plug you in. So anyway, it's time for in other news. I've just got a couple of things. Uh, the drought is or has increased across Southwest Missouri. Now, this was on. Uh, August 31st, they only do it once a week. Uh, they, they do it, uh, Corey mentioned this before. It's really weird. They do it on like a Monday and they publish it on Thursday or something. It's like, I, it's weird how they do it. So as of Thursday of last week, now this is before the rain came That's in. Thursday, is this before or after the rain? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know. Uh, it, it, it's all crazy. But the, the only reason I'm really bringing it up now is because uh, they have an abnormally dry or D0 covering much of Christian County, much of Stone County, Western Taney, which is Branson kind of, I mean, it's we're not in a drought. It's just saying, abnormally We haven't watered dry. the maters in a couple of days. Yeah. Well, we should do that, huh? Yeah. I, I'm very curious to see what it's going to be next week because as of Thursday, they will come out with a new drought, drought monitor. But McDonald County into Southern Barrie, uh, it's a, it's a D0 also up around Lake of the Ozarks, a Camdenton, they've got, they painted a D0 and also over, uh, South, South central Missouri, just a little couple of counties over there. And I don't know what those counties are because I don't look at those counties, but it's, uh, let's see from us, it would be one, two or three counties to the East, uh, a little bit ab- abnormally dry. So. If we get into another wet, wet, you know, wetter, more active period, then all that uh, abnormally dry stuff is going to go away. <clears throat> and the second thing is the La Nina. We are still in a, in a La Nina watch, which I thought this was interesting. Uh, I checked. Now they will update this again on Thursday. Thir- Thursday must be like the day. Apparently, <laughs> all the weather things come out. I mean, now. Technically, the El Nino thing, they will update that on the second Thursday. Well, this Thursday, uh, three days from now, is the second Thursday. So we're going to get a new outlook. But uh, it they've said La Nina possibly emerging through the from now through the end of October. And there's about a 70% chance that a La Nina will develop during uh, the November through January. So that is going to be the winter, beginning of winter. There, so if we do have the La Nina, the other things you know come about, we may uh, be looking at maybe a little warmer start to winter. I don't know. We'll 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 have to check. We're not ready quite yet to do our winter weather outlook for twenty twenty one twenty two. So there you go. So that's all I've got, and I know Shara's over there just waiting for her segment. So let's get to that. Get ready to get. It is time for Shara's Fun Facts. She's over there just chomping at the bit, as we say in Springfield. Absolutely. Yeah, so Shara, dazzle us with your fun facts this week. What do we got? Well, it's Labor Day. Yeah, it is. So, I did some research 
on Labor Day. Ooh, okay. That's cool. What exactly is Labor Day? Mm. Why do we celebrate it? But I think labor meant work, right? But everybody's off. They're not working. I don't know. Well, you, tell us what you found out. Well, for many, it's just a three-day weekend. Yeah. <laughs> celebrate the conclusion of summer, starting of school, starting of fall. But there's so much more than three-day weekend and Labor Day sales and oh, that's right, the sales, barbecues and right, right. whatnot. <laughs> right. Um, on Labor Day, we are to remember the work of those in the labor movement who fought hard for workers' rights. Um, we celebrate the essential role workers play or played in America's growth. Um, I actually looked up some facts of like things workers made, like salaries, and it oh was, yeah, it was sad. Like we should be thankful. Wow. Um, The Industrial Revolution of the 18th and 19th centuries brought a vast array of jobs and commerce to the United States. What it did not bring was appropriate pay, safety regulations, or any side of common sense guidelines. Oh, man. uh, Or anything. Um, So people worked 12-hour days, seven days a week. Jeez. At the height of the Industrial Revolution. Um, it wasn't. It was also very uncommon. No, nah, it wasn't uncommon to see young children doing hard labor in harsh working environments. I've heard of that was, for like, minuscule pay. Yeah, I mean, way back. You're talking like way 1800s. Back oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They the very first Labor Day celebration was in 1882. Oh my gosh. Um, it was a parade planned by the Central Labor Union in New York, according to the U.S. Department of Labor. Um, Oregon was the first state to actually make Labor Day a holiday in 1887. But that's when they, yeah, they fought for better pay, safety, better rights. Okay. All that good stuff. Um, there are, and, and actually I was kind of surprised in the amount of union numbers. I looked back in like 2007, and like 1980s, and there was like 20 some million union members, and there's like currently like 12 or 13. So like unions oh, really? are not much of a as much of a thing. Or I have heard that they're yeah going I mean, down. I don't know. There, aren't some states now becoming what do they call it? Right to work state or whatever. So union would do not do right. Anything? And I think maybe. You know, maybe these things are just becoming more common and they don't need mm. the union. I don't know. Wow. Okay. Um, the biggest union in existence is the National Education Association. Yep. My wife was, yeah, in the Has about 3 million people who are members, including inactive and lifetime members. Okay. So she's probably still on that, 3 million. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Labor Day is considered the unofficial NFL season kickoff. Which is why Corey's not here. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> 99.44% yeah. of the time, the NFL plays its first official game on Thursday after Labor Day. Oh, my God. That's what my buddy Marty was trying to explain to me. He was is What you just said, he's like, yeah, and then we do this, and then Thursdays. I'm like, nah, you know. There you go. I'm not a sports person. So. Uh, the very first Waffle House opened on Labor Day oh. in 1955 <laughs> in Avondale, Georgia. Um, Waffle House. How Waffle about that? House, right? Who knew? I'm reading through. I got a lot of things that are kind of eh. <laughs> uh, June 28, 1894 is when Congress passed an act making the first Monday in September of each year the legal holiday. Oh, now, when, what year? Uh, 1894. 
1894. 18. Oh, wow. Before 1900. Wow. It was okay. Grover Cleveland was the president who actually made it official. Okay. Um, of course, like I said, the first celebrated U.S. Labor Day was on Tuesday, September 5th, 1882, in New York City. It was planned by the Central Labor Union. Uh, about 20,000 workers took an unpaid holiday and marched from City Hall all the way to 42nd Street and then met with their families in Wendell's Elm Park for a picnic concert and speeches. I guess that's where we get the whole picnics and things like that. Ah, gotcha. Uh, there's actually a disagreement. I tried. I searched tirelessly about <laughs> who actually proposed Labor Day as a holiday. Um, and here's the weird part about this. So there was two guys <coughs> that were very vocal in this. Um, so some people say it was Peter J. McGuire, M little C G U I R E, who was the co-founder of the American Federation of Labor. Others say it was a Matthew Mugwire, M A G U I R E. Oh wow! Who was a machinist in a factory, and so there's there, now they just call them co-founders because no one's really sure because both of their names are the same. Said the same, but spelled differently. But, yeah, but they're both McGuire's. Okay. So I thought that was weird. I okay. searched and searched, and no one could definitely tell me who started. So we, they're co-founders. There you go. Um, but yes, back in the 19th century, Americans worked 12-hour days, seven days a week, for very little pay, no safety regulations. Um, the Adamson Act was passed on September 3rd, 1916, which is what established the eight-hour workday, five days a week. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, the white after Labor Day. Okay, I've always heard that. Now, that was a thing when I was younger. Okay. Okay, because I, I loved my white dress shoes and things that I got to wear to church. And, <laughs> I mean, literally, Labor Day... They I've always gone. heard that. Do yeah. not wear white after Couldn't Labor Day. Couldn't wear them anymore. Had to wear. Um, it's an old tradition. Goes back to the late Victorian area era, where it was a fashion faux pas to wear any white clothing after the summer officially ended. The tradition isn't really followed anymore because people wear whatever they want. But you know, back then people took the whole summer off. Wealthy people. Oh, wealthy okay. people would take the entire summer off, they would go to their vacation home or vacation spot, wherever. And so when they came home, they packed away all their lightweight white clothing and it meant they had officially go back to work. Gotcha. You know, it's like for those of us who just work all the time. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Labor Day is also the unofficial end of hot dog season. What? The National Hot Dog and Sausage Council says that between Memorial Day and Labor Day, Americans will eat 7 billion hot dogs, and Labor Day is the unofficial end to that. Oh, so no hot dogs after Labor Day. I mean, you know, I'm still going to be eating hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, really. Apparently, it's the <laughs> unofficial end. Yeah, everybody does what they want anyway now, so. Do, 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 do. Reading through all my facts. Oh, there is still a Labor Day parade in New York City to this day, which takes place throughout the same 20 blocks north of the 1882 Labor March. And it ends in a picnic in the park, Wendell's Elm Park, all that good stuff. Yeah. That's about it. Well, picnics. That's all and I got. 
Well, because I know a lot of my friends are like grilling and they're at the lake and on the boat. I never and... actually had read up on, I mean, I knew it had to do with labor force, but yeah, I had never actually read up on what got it started and the unions and them fighting for better working conditions, better pay. Um, the 1890s that I looked at, the uh, minimum wage was 25 cents wow. per day. A day? I don't even think it was a day. I want to say it was a week. I want to say it was like 25 cents a week. Oh my gosh. It was, I don't know. I'd have to look through. But it was sad. Wow. It was a very sad amount. And now it's different, depending on where you're at. There's, I mean, you know, there's a national minimum wage of like seven something. But in New York, yeah, uh, it's different. In California, I think it's at 15. It, it's like 15 or 16 an hour. Yeah, because a lot of places are trying to get to that that 15 hour. DC, it was like 16 or 17 an hour is minimum great. wage. So. Well, that, but when you said, you know, co- going from, you know, 12 hours a day, seven days a week to right. eight hours a day, five days a week, that's where the 40 hour work week right. thing came in. And that's what my dad did. I mean, I mean, that's where they fought for that. It's. I mean, I, I do 12 hour days all the time and I've done five, I think is the most I've done in a week. Wow. And it's hard. And I don't even know that that was all in a row. But, you know, three wow. or four of those makes 40 hours. Well, but, but. but your profession is one of those jobs that they – it's like meteorology. I mean, when I when I was thinking about when I was much younger, when I was a teenager, thinking, you know, I might want to go into meteorology. A lot of them were saying, you know, it's got weird hours. You're working well, like you're 12, 14 hours. Yeah. If bad weather's coming, guess who gets woke and you're, up in you're the middle of the night? In, and, and, and I'm sure a nurse, I mean, you're you're – you're there a long time. It's not like an, uh, an accountant. I'm not slamming accountants, but it's like an accountant usually works eight to five with an hour lunch. It's like an eight hour day. And if they need to leave early or if they, you know, yeah. got something going on that morning to come in late, that's not typically something in a hospital you can do unless right. you can get somebody to cover you. And I've done that. I've traded off with people like I've, you know, they need to leave early for something or oh, okay. whatever. And I, I've done that. I've come but in. But you knew ahead of time. Right. They'll, yeah. they'll work it out with you. They'll be like, hey, I've got this going on this day. Can anybody come in a little bit early? So your 12 hour day turns into oh. a 14 or 15 hour day because you come in a couple hours early to help somebody else out. But they'll do it for you. No I wonder mean, you were exhausted. We were doing the porch pod. Back last year or whatever, when, when you're working mm-hmm. at the hospital, it's like you'd be out there. It's like, oh. well, and I mean, it's a 12-hour day. That's how long you're actually scheduled to work. Right. 6.30 to 7 is typically a shift for nurses. But mm. to be at work, you've got to get up at 4.30 oh, right. or whatever and drive. And, and then, then drive an hour. <laughs> be, and then, you know, we don't actually like, oh, 7 o'clock, time to go, clock right, out, right. <laughs> see ya. It, you I know, papers all of, to write. <laughs> all of your meds have to be done. Your charting has to be complete. You've got to have <sighs> report given to the next shift. And Well, so. I respect those jobs. I mean, now my buddy Gary works for the state, and he is on, which he loves, it's the 40-hour week, but it's four days a week. Just, I did that in surgery. I did four oh, tens. Four, yeah, four tens. That's I, what he does. I did four days a week, and I worked 10-hour shifts. So I worked 6 to 3. I think it was 6 to 3.30 or something like 6 to 4. 30. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Was that not – did you take them in a row? Typically. It it like it was somewhere between Monday and the Friday because we were surgery, so we were closed Saturdays and Sundays. Oh, unless yeah. Unless you were the nurse on call. 
Okay. So yes, I worked somewhere four days between Monday through Friday. There might be a day off in between. Oh, gotcha. But sometimes yeah. it would be Monday through Thursday. Because Gary loves Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. He wants that Wednesday, mm-hmm. you know, for doctor's appointments. I mean, his wife. It is, is Ill, nice to so, have yeah. one day off during. Like I don't know how people who work Monday through Friday eight to five do it. Because that is one thing about being a nurse is working three or four days a week. Or, you know, you work over the weekend, so you've got a couple of days off during the week. That's when we get everything done. That's when we go run all of our errands yeah, and do yeah. your doctor's appointments and all those things that are closed on the weekend. So I'm like, how do people do this that are Monday through Friday, 8 to 5? Because that's when everything closes. Well, and it, and then and, and that's like, you know, that, that arena. When you get into entertainment, like when I first moved to Branson, oh my gosh, I worked at Shoji's. You know, we have two or three shows a day. Yeah. But the thing about it is you work your, you know, you're there a half hour, an hour before and do your show, but then you get a little break and leave. Right. Because Corey did that. Yeah. I mean, he worked theaters where, yeah, he'd have three shows a day. I think sometimes four shows a day. Yeah. He'd do two morning shows, two afternoon shows or whatever. But yeah, it's like as soon as one show is over, you could run. Go do what you need yeah, to do. Yeah. Go lunch or something. Lunch, go home, change clothes, or run back and. Because I tell people, if you want me to do a morning show, I am not taking a shower. <laughs> I'm going to comb my hair. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go and I'm going to smile and I'm going to perform my best and do it. But I'm not going to be pretty. <laughs> I'm not going to shave. But I, I'm on stage, so it's like people can't really. I see remember me anyway. <laughs> when he was uh, working for the Haygoods. I think it was. Oh yeah. They were running two different theaters. And so there was uh, multiple shows. It wasn't just the Hay Goods. There was multiple shows. Mm-hmm. And he would. He would have a morning show. And, and I mean, he was the one that got the kids up and got them on the bus because I was already at work at 6 a.m. Oh, yeah. You're doing your main. So he'd yeah. get up and get everybody off to school. And then he'd go do a morning show. And then he'd maybe, you know, grab lunch somewhere and then do an afternoon show and then switch theaters and go do a night show <sighs> at a completely different theater. Oh, Yeah. You know, like, do you ever just stop and think? And, like, I worked crazy hours. You know, I was doing my 10-hour shifts at the hospital, and then I would be on call sometimes where I'd be there till midnight or all night, depending on how the day looked. And it was like, how do we do it? Right. Like, there's been times where we literally sit down and think, how did we do it? How did we get everybody where they needed to be, kids taken care of? You know, at the time, we had three small children, Oh, yeah. It's like, how did we do it? But it was like, oh, wait, we were in our 20s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back. We, yeah, we were we really young. We as much, but I mean, like, I think about it. I'm like, man, I, yeah. I didn't sleep. I very rarely slept. Oh, yeah. Well, And, te- and we would see each other in passing. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I we mean, even see te- each other. Teachers, too. My wife was a teacher. You would teach all days. And yeah, I need to backtrack. It's like, you know, I'm not saying accountants just work eight to five. That's when they're open, generally. Right. But, they, their- but there's work that they do at night. It's like teachers. She... You know, Karen would teach all day, but then she would have to go grade papers from right. like three Make or four hours. Playing that night. And... Yeah, I mean, the workforce is just insane. So I think I need to find a job where I can like sit at home and do nothing and make money. There you go. Not, yeah, so I think I saw I saw several people <laughs> posting, you know, that it was Labor Day um, in honor of labor, which is not what it's about, Mister Labor. Yeah, <laughs> but like to, in honor of Labor Day, you know, moms should sleep the amount of hours that they were in labor. What? Or something, and that's. I was like, "Well, that should be Mother's Day." Well, I was like, "Well, that stinks." My kids were all super fast. <laughs> I'd get like three or four hour nap, but I'd be done. 
<laughs> you know, I know women that were in labor for like 36 hours. No, but wait, you need to accumulate. You know, add, add I can all add them, them all up. Right. There we go. So you can sleep all, all right. day long. You took if you three want. hours. You took five. You took, okay, there we go. <laughs> and then they said if they try to interrupt you, you're supposed to tell them the story of how they were born and that should send them running. Yeah, and, yeah, and say, say, I was in labor for like days and you caused me so much pain. I'm pretty sure all of my children have heard the story of how, I probably. <laughs> how they were born. I've told them all on their birthday at some point what I went through to get them here. That's called guilt trip. It's like, here's what I've gone through. Yeah. Par- whole... Parent, mothers do that if they need to do a exactly. guilt trip. It's like, there you go. Whole, I brought you into this world. <laughs> I will take you out. I know. My dad said that. It's like, you know, I made you. <laughs> oh, I think we need to get to the last segment. <laughs> it's the weather word of the week. Oh, I think it's about time for the Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week. And we're tossing it to Shara because really there's nobody else here. There's nobody else to talk to. <laughs> so, Shara, what is this week's Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week? Mackerel Sky? That is it. That looks like the word holy mackerel. Yeah, yeah, it's mackerel, mackerel. Uh, we, uh, well, read the definition. I'll tell you why I chose this word. A sky that is partially or fully covered by high alto cumulus or circocumulus. Or, oh. Wait, cirrocumulus. Wait a minute. Oh. Ah, back oh, up. Okay, back I up. corrected myself. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, dyslexia. No. Okay, try that again. Cirrocumulus. Okay. There you go. There you go. Clouds with a regular pattern of ripples and patches separated by small areas of blue sky resembling the scales on a mackerel. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I chose this is because the past couple of days, yesterday and today, if you were outside at all, we've had, I mean, yesterday especially, just beautiful mackerel sky. We've had some really cool clouds. Yeah. I mean, they're like, okay, if you think... Uh, okay, you, you know the little puffy clouds, the fairweather puffy clouds? Uh, we call them cumulus. They're out. They're just kind of floating. They look like, you know, big cotton balls. Well, if you take those up to the next level, they get really, really small, and which we call that the alto range, and they, they gather. And it kind of looks like, you know, the thing said. It's like scales, like scales. on, on, on a macro. Those yeah, when they just like make little Yeah, so you can get scales. like the, the upper alto cumulus or the... Uh, lower or mid-level cirrocumulus, and it, they're just really pretty. They, they're totally harmless, and they just uh, look kind of cool. So there you go. That is a storm. And weather. I've seen some really cool pictures people have posted of the clouds the last few days. Yeah. I was thinking about you know uh, making a cloud library and putting it on the, the actual Stormdar weather site. I haven't... I mean, my... Uh, Gumption is not that you know, high. In all your free time. Yeah, and in all my free time, is like, <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and look at this guy for all day long. <laughs> but we, I've been doing some time-lapse stuff, and, uh, uh, and the lower humidity, I've been out, you know, playing a little disc golf or whatever. So if, if you haven't want, gone to our main Facebook page, go there. I posted a funny little video today. <laughs> Very cute. <Go> watch it. <laughs> of... of uh, uh, Disc golf, and it, uh, well, I'm learning Adobe Premiere is what I'm doing. I'm learning how to do all this. It still looks kind of amateurish, but I'm not a professional. Corey is the professional. If you look at a video that Corey does, it looks professional. Well, if we all based our standards on that, our videos would look horrible. (laughs) 
Oh, I've seen some of the stuff he's done at the television station with you, especially with you and him doing the tornado coverage and stuff. Yeah, That's he's really done cool. some amazing videos. And yeah. he would laugh at those. I mean, even those are older, and he'd be like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, it's so stupid. I could do so much better now. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, but that's good because we're always learning, and I continually want to learn. So, Well, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, that's okay. all I got. Really? Well, I mean, now we're going to – this week, uh, I think we're, to recap, we're going to go on that, that thermal roller coaster. Tomorrow we're going to have kind of a little front come through at uh, – the brunt of it is going to be well northeast of us in Wisconsin, like we said. But the Storm Prediction Center has southern Kansas, northern Oklahoma, in a marginal risk. Going to see if that's going to expand. I think it is. Uh, it's not going to be big, but we'll see. Most of, these, most of the people are going to listen to this podcast tomorrow morning anyway. So uh, check our Facebook page. We'll have total updates on that. Well, Corey missed out on this one. Yes, he did. Yeah. Do you know I'm what he said? I'm sure he would have had some amazing facts and well, yeah, well, extra he, stuff for us. Oh, my gosh. I've he took his so. uh, nice camera to work today. Ooh. I think yesterday, too. Okay. He took, you know, not just his phone. He took his fancy camera. Yeah, the fancy cam. And right. went down in the cave and has been getting some really cool shots because they were closed to tours, so they could still go down there, though. Wait, did he post a thing on the, bats? Yes, or did you see his bat picture? It's on his personal site. He needs to post oh, that on... Oh, I thought on, he put it on Stormdar. I don't think he posted it on Stormdar. He needs to put it on Stormdar. Yeah, he got a really cool picture of a bat... Which is like blue. ...sleeping, and, <gasps> and then he also got the bats swirling... When they were swirling out. Because when they're open late, they don't get to see that regular. But when they're open late, that's when the bats all leave the cave at night. They wake oh up gosh. and they all go out that main entrance. There's that big hole. Yeah, yeah. They all, hundreds, thousands of them. What I would like to do. That's why there's no mosquitoes at Silver Dollar City. I know. They you eat go them there, all. They eat all the mosquitoes, they eat which all is the mosquitoes. awesome. <laughs> they work hard for their non-money. Yeah, well, you know, and they keep the human population safe. Because the, exactly. bats, the bats are interested not, in humans. Yeah, they're not going to hurt you. It, it's no. kind of creepy when they come flying at you, but yeah, they're not going to hurt Karen, you. Yeah, my wife Karen, she freaked i would go outside because we in, in my neighborhood i'd go out like at sunset and there's bats i would just look and it's like that's so cool and she would say go in they're going to land and they're going to bite you and i'm gonna have to go get we you know, used rabies. to have them uh one of the houses we lived in that had a pool in the backyard uh, we must have been near some caves or something because every night bats would start flying over the pool. Oh, the pool. And I mean, you could be in the pool and all of a sudden whew, you see it fly over your head. And it was kind of Because mosquitoes freaky. were trying to go out there? I guess. Oh I mean, I, we had to have been close to a cave or something. But that was the coolest thing ever to just see those bats flying oh, over your head. Oh, man. But it is, I, I enjoy the night, the late night cave tours where mm -hmm. the bats are all hanging there. I, I like bats. Bats don't scare me. Well, at right. All. They're not, like I said, they're not going to hurt you. And, uh, you know, they, they tell everybody, it's like, remember, they are protected. They're endangered. They're protected. So yeah, don't mess like, with them. You can't touch I mean, them. And you don't touch yeah. them, they won't bother you. But, like, to yeah. see them hanging there is cool. And so when you go through during the day and you don't see any, it's kind of disappointing. I never thought of that. Yeah, because if you go through at night, there they are. They're, yeah, they're all there and they're out and moving. And What would really be cool is if, if Corey could get one of those... Uh, 
you know, videos of them leaving the cave. And he we, did. But, but, we, but we can match it to a radar image because we know. Oh, that's yeah. right, that they show up on radar. Yes, they do. And they, it, they, it's, it's sunrise or sunset. Usually sunrise is, is the, the birds because the bats go back in the cave. So say, we're going to have to work on that. You guys yeah. are going to have to get a radar image. Like he needs to do a timestamp. Yes. Of when they all swarmed let out me of the know. cave. Right. And then you can pull up radar. Let me know, and I can get like a radar loop of the. Oh, that'd be kind of Because cool. I've heard the story of the cave of way back when and, you know, whatever, I don't know how long ago, 1800s, mm-hmm. that the, the local people that lived around here or the Indians or whatever that thought that it was an apparition. You know, they, oh. they saw this dark apparition come flying oh, right. out of the yeah. cave. So they thought that was like the gate to hell. Right. And to this day, like now, the video, he did a slow-mo video of them all, thousands of them flying out of the cave oh, at night. Man. Like, that is so cool. I think it's just really cool. And I, I don't, I I know right around here there's, well, like to my knowledge, I don't think there's a lot of caves. But we have like a little pond over in the, sub, the side subdivision. We have We have water. I know. But you know what we have here a lot? Dragonflies. Mm-hmm. I love dragonflies. And especially in my yard, I can go out about, oh, five, six o'clock at night, and there's like hundreds of them. My kids are terrified of them. They'll see dragonflies on the back porch, and they're terrified. I'm like, it's not going to hurt you. They're not. Yeah, they're not going to hurt. Yeah. But you know what? That big beetle that was in in my yeah were, yeah yeah I'm not. Gonna I know those it. won't hurt me either, but they're just creepy crawly. Yeah, and they're gonna crawl because you know because I keep thinking if it's down here, then it's probably gonna crawl up to my bed and like like crawl on me while I'm sleeping. I don't want that. Okay, we need to stop doing that. So, okay, you got anything else for the podcast? <laughs> I'm out of information. <laughs> out of, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And Lou, for me getting scared about a beetle crawling into bed with me i think we need to probably I'd say have a safe and happy labor day but it's over by now so yeah by the time you've, either, hears you've this. made your decision at this point <laughs> yeah ho- hope your dinner was really good your but grill. the cops are thicker yeah let me tell you that <laughs> okay well let's wrap this thing up then so be sure to look for us on facebook at stormdar weather like and follow our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed you can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather.